Hey, everybody. Welcome to So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and Furious podcast. Dominic Toretto lives his life a quarter mile at a time. So we're watching the Fast and Furious movies a quarter hour at a time, which comes out to about 15 minutes apiece. I'm Zach Bassetta, screenwriter and movie enthusiast. I'm Vito Lapicola, writer, producer, director, and uh, layabout. <laughs> I'm uh, Anthony Ray Bench. I'm a critic at filmthreat.com, and I'm also the co-host of the Film Threat Podcast. We should say the venerable filmthreat.com because film threat is the shits. Oh, yeah. The- yeah, you mean the shit? Or- the the, no, shit. the yeah. shit, not not okay. shit. Singular. No, film threat is the shit, dude. Like nobody wants threat. the shits. Yeah, yeah. The drizzling shit. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, yeah. That is that is yes. Uh, I thought the, you were talking those, shit. No, those those <laughs> listening, those who were paying attention, Anthony would note that I did say which is the shit. Uh, no, I have nothing but good things to say about Film Threat Magazine. I uh, that was like the indie zine uh for film students everywhere the zine. and now yes and now it is the the indie film website the for site. everybody yeah, no yeah as, like no shit like not i'm not cover the underdogs yeah it's, dude. A, it's a real pleasure it really is yeah i'm not i'm not like giving you lip service dude like film threat was like my bible in film school so like it's freaking yeah. amazing to be able to film threat is older you know, than i am by a year. That's wow. incredible. The staying power is. Unfortunately, really cool. I am not, even though ironically <laughs> I'm older than you because this is Hollywood. I am somehow 12 years younger than you. Uh, but sorry, <laughs> I, I've derailed. I've successfully derailed the podcast five seconds in. Two Zach, minutes in. What is, what is this show about? Like, it's what are we about, about to talk the about? Fast and the Furious, Vito. The most the awesome franchise of all time. Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, and Star Wars notwithstanding. Right, right, right. That goes yes. without saying. Yeah, and Rocky. Of course. But outside of those. And Bond. And Bond. But outside of those. And Trancers. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the Critters franchise. <laughs> the Critters. Okay. One through five. I no, love but Critters. Yeah. Can we do a podcast about Critters? You know what? Absolutely. Why not? I love those movies too, actually. Oh, they're awesome. Um, well, the first yeah. one was directed by the same director as Bill and Ted, so I'm a bit biased. Interesting. There you go. Hey, and Bill and Ted's awesome, too. Yeah. I Steve Herrick. we get that third movie. Yeah. Me, too. Yeah. And speaking of third things, we are this on the, the third, third set. Damn good segue, That's Bethesda. right. I've Damn been working on good segue. Working on my segues. Wow. So in our previous episode, we saw Brian and Dom really bond and create that initial friendship that will carry this series through a ton of movies. And they're headed back to, to Dom's house. Uh, at some point, they get a taxi, which I think is interesting oh, just considering wait. let's just in case not yeah. not to derail you again but just in case this is the first time you're listening to the show um so they've just had their big first race so that and, yes. and they've been chased by the cops and brian's car has been destroyed so that is why they're taking a taxi uh they're not being lame true. yeah true. i just wanted to point that out because sometimes people this is the first time they're hearing it they may not know where we're at in this story, sure so. and they are they as drivers of you know their own vehicles it's very telling that they would have had to take a taxi there were no Ubers in 2001. They were not. Or they would have, it would have been an Uber, trust me, because this movie's full of branding. Yeah. You know, instead of a Lyft, it's NOS and Uber would have been the, <laughs> uh, the other big sponsor. But, uh, yeah, so they, sorry. So they get, they not get, they, they head back to Dom's house, obviously yeah. to drop him off for some insane reason, which I, aside from plot, I can't figure out why they did this. Why would, 
Brian get out at Dom's house and they go, see you later, man, and <laughs> start to, to walk, walk home. Yeah, it's exactly. like you're in a cab. You well, could just be like, this is your stop. See you next yeah. week, man, and take off. But like for story purposes, well, I'll he tell gets you out why. of the car I'll tell you why and starts happens. walking home. Because Mia is away. upstairs and she somehow hears the taxi doors close True. from outside yeah. over the She's music like that's playing doing downstairs. Homework or so. is she I know, right? She's studying. This? I have no what idea. What does she do? Is she in college, nursing school? She's What's studying going on? how to make tuna sandwiches. She's, it's like so she can make the best tuna yeah. sandwiches for Brian. That's right. Yeah. And so she sees uh, Brian and Dom outside. Brian's about to go home on his own. See you later. Dom invites him in for a drink, which yeah, I thought was interesting. Beer. Right. Because Brian is such a good cop. He knows that it has to be Dom's decision to invite him. I just, I don't know. I thought that was cool. That is true. It's the reverse psychology yeah. thing. Yeah. Like it's, I guess it works the same in like a bromance as it does in a romance. Like if you want to get invited into the house for a drink, you have to act like you're willing to leave. Exactly. He can't right. be over eager. Yeah. Cause if you're like, like Hey, can I come in for a drink? He would have been like, why are you, what are you trying yeah. to be so fucking whatever for? What are you a cop? <laughs> and he might've got not there yet. A couple yeah. more dates. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. A couple more races, kid. And then maybe you could come and see the pad. And so, so Mia sees that Brian's going to come in. And she decides that she needs to change clothes. Oh yeah, because I thought I that guess. was a cute little character moment. Yeah, when she like, starts like yeah, she like panics. Yeah, yeah, she's like, oh shit. Yeah, my dreamboat's coming. It's kind in. of adorable. No, yeah. it is. It is kind of adorable because, like, as we'll see in the next fifteen minutes of the movie, like, the chemistry between these two is really amazing, which we'll get to in a minute. Absolutely. But like, yeah, that's it's a big just, part of it's it. It's kind of adorable, and it's not. It's not as like apex predator sexual as you would think it is. You know, in a movie like this where everything's mm-hmm. got to be like muscular and full of testosterone right. over the top, like it's a muscle car movie, but there's heart. It feels very genuine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, so downstairs is a party going on. Uh, Vince is trying to impress some blonde chick by playing two chords on an electric guitar. Yeah. Which Zach Wild custom. On a Zach Wild guitar. Yeah. And it's not like, like he's not bad. It's just lazy. It's just like these two chords, which I think is it's funny. It's pretty obvious that the actor, who's a very good actor, by the way, but it's pretty obvious that he does not play guitar in real well, life. Well, apparently he does, according to Rob Cohen on, on the commentary. He's like, he's like uh, Mark he really Schultz make it look plays guitar, and he wrote this little riff. Wow. But what I thought was interesting about it is it's kind of exemplary of his character where he's trying to uh, impress this chick by doing the bare minimum. <laughs> It's like I can play guitar, but this is as far okay. as I'm going to take. No, that that actually kind of because now that he made it look so effortless, it's actually yeah. pretty admirable, right? Because I was like, this dude doesn't know how to play guitar. It's just it's part of the scene. Well, one thing I caught was like he he puts the guitar away and the guitar continues to play. You mentioned that might be like him sustaining a note. There's no way. Hey, like, Anthony, he's that good, man. <laughs> he is that good. Okay. I, I, I don't believe that for a fucking second. I think that just was just feedback from the amp, maybe? No, 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 dude. He was playing notes. Like, he played like three extra notes when he was handing the guitar over. <laughs> yeah, it does. I, it I'm does kind of. Yeah, you know, I'm a musician. He's so a talented guy. That's how talented he is, bro. Playing it They've somehow made the, the guitar playing like ambient sound, but also a part of the scene. Brilliant. Right. Yeah, Thank you, Rob Cohen. That was just a fuck up. And uh, Letty's laying on the ground playing a video game. 
She's very seductively yeah, laying And turning out Vito on, I with her, noted. With her butt sticking in the air. That's so right. So that my mammalian, uh, <laughs> my ape-like uh, instincts kick in. And it was a car racing game, it by was the way. A, They cannot get away from cars. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they build them. They race them. They steal them. That's right. They drive them through buildings. Six movies later. Spoiler for Anthony. <laughs> Um, it, it's like an airplane pilot, like playing like a Microsoft simulator. simulator yeah. Dude, believe it or not, two of my best friends are pilots and they do play airplane simulators. So what happens? Good at it. Totally makes They're sense. Really good at Maybe it. Maybe that's authentic then. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. Leon is chilling in a chair with a completely separate blonde chick that he's hitting. Oh, a yeah, lot they, of blonde they chicks. All, they all have girls in the scene. Yeah. Even the dorky car car builder guy, which, right. which is like, he looks like he's on uh, MDMA or something like yeah. He looks like he's on ecstasy. He like, is, he is as Anthony totally pointed out. He's like out. low rent Billy Joe from like Green Day. <laughs> totally. Cause you're like, he's got that weird. It's almost like they wanted, um, uh, who's, uh, what's his name? John, John, uh, who's, who's the guy that's on sneaky Pete? Why am I forgetting his name? He's a Scientologist. He's an actor. It's a really good actor. John Carlo, uh, Esposito, what is? What is oh well, name? there's Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, who played Gus. Oh no, no, who is the guy? Damn it, Jason why am Lee. I we are all film fanatics. And Do you I, want me to look it up on Lycos? No, what's <laughs> a callback? Flashback to episode two, yo. No, what is the guy's? He's Sneaky Pete. Why am I forgetting his name? From he was what? in Gone in sixty seconds. Um, oh, Sneaky Pete in Breaking Bad. No, uh, no, no. There's a show called Sneaky Pete. I don't know. Let's let's continue, and I'll, I'll get his name. I you know exactly who I'm talking about, and everybody out there is yelling his name. Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah, yeah. He, Giovanni he's Ribisi. like he's like the love child of Giovanni Ribisi and like Billy Joe from Green Day. If somehow their genetics mixed together and two men could have, I could a baby. see that. I could see that. Yeah, he's got that weird jumpiness and like that. Yeah, and, and facial and features too are kind of similar in a way. Yeah. Um, so Dom comes back into the party. He is pissed at all of his buddies for bailing on him. Wait, I'm sorry. I got to interrupt you. He yep. also looks like Justin Chatwin. <laughs> That's the guy I was trying to yes, think about. Yeah. Dude, we have successfully derailed poor Zach <laughs> six times totally now. Fine. And the, the show hasn't even gone five minutes. <laughs> this podcast has now become a shameless podcast. Well, I do think it's very important to figure out who the three actors are that this actor is an amalgam of. Yeah, that's true. And we've, we've got, it is very it. important. Yeah. Yeah. Mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Dom is pissed at all his, his crew for bailing on him. Vince said that there were too many cops and Vito, you pointed out that he does say that it, uh, Vince says it was like orchestrated. Those cops came in on formation. It was orchestrated, man. So he does seem to be, they're laying the seeds of Vince's suspicion of Brian. Yeah, Cause Vince has been, he's been suspicious of Brian since day one. Well, for jealous, for what we think yes, beginning, because, yeah. because of the jealous tuna sandwich. Of Mia. That's right. Yeah. He's jealous of Mia. However, Vince also has this nagging suspicion that he's a cop. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing is he's right. He may be right. <laughs> Yeah. Spoilers, dude. Come on. <laughs> I said maybe right. Oh, yeah, There's potential for him to be correct. Yeah. Uh, and Vince asked Dom why he brought the buster back, which is uh, another kind of the, a beginning of a ongoing sort of callback that uh, they continue to c- call Brian Buster. Um, and again, I thought this was another great delivery by Vin Diesel where he tells Vince that Brian is the one that kept him out of handcuffs, that Brian is the one that brought him back and Dom takes Vince's beer and gives it to 
Brian. And it, there's this really great moment of editing in there mm-hmm. where well, he basically, well, I think, I think it's a very interesting notion as to, you know, you get these, these, this theme of family that goes throughout the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. So this has way more importance than what you originally think as you're watching this first movie. Cause you're like, well, Vin Diesel's pissed because these, these dudes who race with him and who, you know, rob with him and whatever left him behind, but he's, he's known pissed. since third grade. Yeah. That's he's right. known these people forever. They're supposed to be like family to him and they left him behind. So the interesting thing that Brian has inadvertently done is he's proven a loyalty to, you know, Dominic that his oldest buddies have somehow betrayed. So he's doubly pissed. So what's funny is that it's apparent that Dom, it's his beer that they're drinking. Mm-hmm. So he actually like knocks the beer out of people's hands and like <laughs> takes beer away from his buddies. Right. He's like, you can have any of this beer, Brian. They can't. In fact, this is Vince's beer. And what's really interesting, there's this great editing moment where Vince is staring at Brian and Brian looks him right in the eye and just goes and wipes like the spit that Vince had probably been depositing on this <laughs> on this beer and then drinks it while looking him in the eye. It's this great setup for their fucking hatred towards each totally. other. Totally. And it makes you know? and it makes Brian seem like, I mean, in a believable way, like he's standing his ground, you know, like he's not really backing down from from Vince, which which is Yeah. Cool. I just saw that he didn't want to get the herpes. Also true. Don't no, who think, knows where Vince's I, I mouth don't has think been. wiping herpes off with a shirt is gonna not get you herpes. Well shit, then I'm fucked. <laughs> well, not after having herpes. that on your lip, Anthony. <laughs> and also another first is uh Dom's first mention of his love for Corona, which comes yeah. up a lot more. Uh, that's for, more marketing. Where did that is that what it was? Corona it's a tie-in with dude, you can't totally. you, you could not have mentioned Corona in that movie. If if they didn't have some sort of sponsor or tie-in, makes sense. Um, when I, I I actually worked on a couple of TV shows where they had to they call it greeking the item. So like say that you have a Pepsi, they literally will have a person who goes in and and creates something like an A that goes over the E in Pepsi. So it says Pepsi, right? So they can put it on camera. They change it just enough so that it's identifiable to to go into your brain. Like the right. symbol goes into your brain, but you're like, but that's not a Pepsi, so Pepsi can't sue. Ah. So the fact that they said that it's a Corona shows that you it know, was the producers official. of this movie, like Neil Moritz went out and was like, let's get Corona. And that's and again, that's why he specifically is like, you could drink anything you want here as long uh, as it's a Corona, corona you know, <laughs> yeah. to go along with your Doritos <laughs> and your NAS. You know, it's like a total, <laughs> totally. it's a total like market. Don't forget flight. the Mountain Dew. And Mountain Baja Dew. Yeah, blast. Exactly. Um, so is, is the Corona thing something that reoccurs in all the movies? I wouldn't say all of them, but it's okay. they definitely call back to it uh, in yeah. future yeah. installments. Oh, by the way, too, another fun fact for people who love movies, you will notice that a movie does not have the rights to certain certain brands. When you see a character go into a bar and go, I'll have a beer, and the bartender just goes and grabs something. It's it's like in real life, they'd be like, well, what fucking brand? Well, you some know, people Einstein. like beer brand beer. But you're like, I just want a beer, and they happen to know. You know, it's like they didn't have the. No, that's when you say the usual. Yeah, the, the yeah. Usual. <laughs> it's the first time you've been here, buddy. Right. What kind of fucking beer do you want? A frothy beer. So, yeah, so. Vince is pissed. He and Leon tell Dom that Brian's a stranger. They don't know him, and 
you had mentioned, I mean, the veto that, uh, again, they are the ones that are kind of picking up on these. Yeah. Vince, things. Vince actually is very canny in the fact that he's like, he's starting to put it together. That Dom is like, is like, Becoming friends with somebody's probably he's a little a too easy. Love blind, bringing, yes, yeah. And I mean, I think part of Vince's suspicion is definitely stemming from his jealousy. But you know, even if he doesn't know it, he is right about Brian. Yeah. And hey, even a broken clock is right twice a day. That's right. You know, a bro, a broken clock. A bro See, clock. We can all Lovely. do bad. Ones. I saw that jo- that joke from around the Corona. Oh, oh boy! Horrible. Oh boy! Boo. Are they saying boo or boo earns? I was I saying boo earns. <laughs> oh, we're us Simpsons ah. nerds. So, also, Dom in in full uh, earshot of Letty asks what girls are at the party. To which Letty replies, "You should go upstairs and give me a massage." Right, right. <laughs> By the she way, this it. is the same girl who four scenes ago could not wait to give Dom a drink. You see, what I'm saying it was like this, like that one scene was the only yeah, one where she had this kind of puppy dog. Of these yeah, characters. yeah. She's the alpha female all the way, totally, for the rest of this movie. Totally, the way she was, she was like posing on that floor, and she's calling that the video shots. Game with her butt in the air. That's right. Come on, every man on the room should have been staring at her. Totally, and she is. Uh, Dom has this look that I've I've seen a million times from like you know people who are getting hassled by their girlfriend. Are you talking about just, when she argues with him when yeah. he's like, why should I be going upstairs? And yeah. she's like, you want to come upstairs and give me that massage? Yeah. It's like, he's like I don't do this. We're just going to get into a fight. So fuck it. Like I'll go. I guess we're to going upstairs. Fair, what, what guy argues when his girlfriend wants to go upstairs at a party and have sex? Depends uh, on how cool the party is. I mean, Dom could have any girl there that he wants, but I guess that's true. And he does Letty. have a budding bromance with Brian. So they probably, that's right. Uh, he's yeah, got to put in yeah. the, the bond the points. jealousy now. Totally. And, uh, before he goes upstairs, Dom reminds Brian that he owes him that 10 second car because they're buddies now. And, uh, and he's like, just because that car's destroyed <laughs> doesn't, doesn't mean, you, mean don't that you aren't one. going to bring me my car. Totally. And who knows where Brian's going to get this vehicle? I mean, Dom certainly doesn't. Um, And after Dom goes upstairs, Vince tries to start a fight with Brian. Brian notices a gun on the coffee table that is never referenced again in the entire film, which I found kind of interesting. But before anything can happen, Mia comes in, breaks him up, and takes Brian into another room. So they're all good. You know what, though? You bring that up. That is something I noticed, too, because they they do a cutaway of this gun, right? Mm -hmm. The gun sitting on the table. Mm -hmm. It's kind of nondescript. So I, I was kind of assuming one of two things either there was an extended sequence where obviously there the must gun have is, been the gun is brandished or it was just to kind of set up that brian kind of he realizes he's in some danger there you know it was just to give him that moment of like situational awareness sure there's a gun here maybe i shouldn't get too you know maybe this is not the right place this for could go the wrong direction yeah i'll even go one further i i believe it was kind of like an an indicator to the audience that, you know, these guys are criminals. There's something more than the, to remind you. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, up until that point, like that, you know, it's kind of a mystery. Are they exactly? We don't, we don't know yet in the film, whether they are the, the actual hijackers. Yeah. yeah. I'll do you one further. 
maybe the gun was a producer on the film and it insisted on a cameo, Tony. No, no, no. The, no, the, the gun's <laughs> dad was the gun's dad. A yeah. producer. Also, you won further. The, the Why Gamora? <laughs> Why is Gamora? <laughs> The gun, the gun is the producer's girlfriend, and she needs to be in at least one of the scenes. Or you're not going to get your money for this movie, Rob. All right, we'll put her in the party scene. This is a cutaway to a gun. <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. We don't know, guys, girls. Those of you listening at home, I don't know why I think a producer would be dating a gun, but things are weird out in Hollywood. It's Some Hollywood, people date yeah. cocaine. It's a weird <laughs> place. Okay, sorry. Hey, it doesn't talk back. Uh, <laughs> what it does, it's loud. <laughs> So Mia takes Brian into another room, tells uh, him that Dom likes him, which apparently is an unusual thing, and then offers to drive him home because he needs sleep in a shower. Well, you know, that that's another really great telling moment in the movie, too, is she's like, you know, Dom, Dom likes you. He doesn't like anybody. And he says, well, he's a complicated guy, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like you, you know. Again, now Brian's the expert on Dom. Let's right, right. Fuck. He's been studying him. No, but Dom, you could tell that Dom does have that that complexity. You know what I mean? Again, he doesn't trust easy. Yeah, he doesn't trust easy. But the, one of the amazing things we keep talking about this, and we're going to point this out in a minute when Vince comes back into the scene for a B movie. There's some really great acting in it. I mean, there, honestly, I can't think of totally. anybody in this film. I think the 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 actor who has the least chops, but he's still really good, is Paul Walker. I mean, I you think that's I mean? fair. I don't want to shit on the guy. No, I mean, like, but, like you know. he is he really is to me kind of the glue that holds this whole thing together. However, there yeah. are more than there's more than one time where his uh, delivery is a little bland, his his reaction seems a little off. But yeah, it never it's never so much that it takes me off, uh, out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, and the you know so. Diesel does bring like a lot more depth to this character than it could have been if he it really was like does. And I didn't I mean, notice if it was this. Like Jake Busey, you know, playing oh, this yeah. guy. Oh yeah, he'd be a bit one note guy, you know, totally with, a, with really big teeth. <laughs> totally, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, I, yeah. I will say this: this is my favorite. You know, fifteen minutes that that we've we've done on on the because you like the character development. I do. Yeah, yeah. To me, like as a matter of fact, I would like to see somebody kind of do like a weird cut. Where they took the car chases and stuff like that out of it, so it's just kind of it's like just a, called the Furious. Yeah, <laughs> where it's just kind of like a character drama. Like, that's interesting. I, that's I, interesting. I think that'd be kind of cool. I, I. But then the problem, though, there is that you don't get the reason, you don't get the motivation for why they accept Brian into their crew. Yeah, I guess that 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 race is very important. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But I, I do hear what you're saying. I mean, like I, I, I love fan cuts. But I think sure. I think this is one of the reasons, or maybe the biggest reason, why the series really works is because they hit these emotional beats yeah. that that feel sincere. I'm starting mm-hmm. to see that it is more than just mindless action and, mm-hmm. and stupid car chases. It really is, and I, I definitely think that this little 15 minute segment was the strongest as far as, you know, the characters interacting with each other. There, there are these really amazing moments. So, you know, you can tell, I don't know. I mean, who knows? And in, in Hollywood, people are sleeping with each, other, with each other all the time. I don't know if Paul Walker was married at the time, but like there's genuine chemistry between he. Well, apparently and like, and, and again, in the, in the commentary, uh, the director does mention that I guess Paul Walker had a major crush on Mia Brewster th- or uh, Mia Brewster, Jordana Brewster yeah. throughout the shoot. We all, I don't know if it was requ- requited on Jordana Brewster. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. And you could tell, cause he's totally puppy dog eyed with her that entire time. 
But she, if she wasn't interested in him in real life, the way that she looks at him in the movie, she really she, sells she it. Nails she nails it. I mean, totally. Like, yeah, you you get that chemistry, which leads again to bigger things in later movies mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Chemistry is definitely there, and it definitely is. But just from a character sort of standpoint, we don't we don't really know whether how much of it is for his undercover right position and how much right. of it is genuine for Brian. Right. So kind of, I mean, we do know now in hindsight, of course, of course. Uh, so the next day, well, I guess I also wanted to mention, you know, she, she drives him home and I, I'm pretty sure that nothing happened, you know, physically because, you know, later on he kind of asked her out, but it is interesting to think that, you know, she took him home, maybe got a kiss. I don't know. Just speculating. Aww. Just speculating. It's so romantic. So the next day, uh, Brian's driving his red auto shop pickup truck when he gets pulled over by a cop car and elaborately ar- arrested. And Ted Levine is in this. Oh, yeah. Great, great character actor, Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Buffalo Bill it is puts, in this. It puts the lotion on its skin <laughs> or else it gets the hose again. That's also right. a major player in Michael Mann's Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a solid, Monk's solid boss. character actor. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like people playing cops in movies and I'm not saying this facetiously, it may sound like I'm, but like, he's like the guy, he's always a great cop. You buy that. That dude has studied. Didn't he get nominated for an Oscar for Buffalo bill or perhaps even win? He may, I don't think he won Oscar nominated. Ted Levine is in fast and furious. We'll find out in a moment. And, uh, the detectives take Brian to a private residence in the Hollywood Hills and uncuff him because it turns out Anthony, that Brian is an undercover cop. Oh my God. Did you see that coming? (laughs) Did you see that coming? Yeah, you did. Yeah. What, what, what tipped you off? Well, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Well, that'll do it. No, yeah, I'm sure. I, I am sure considering that this was the first film in the series, that there were people in the audience who were like, no fucking way, Brian's a cop. I remember them showing that in the trailers. That's entirely possible. Yeah, like I remember watching the trailers for this movie like back in 2000 or 2001 and going like, all right, I understand what this movie is and I have no desire to see it. And also if you had seen any part of Point Break, yeah, it was kind of obvious. I I never put that together until you mentioned it. Oh, really? Episode one. But holy shit, it is totally point break with with cars. cars. Uh, And so Ted Levine is uh, playing Sergeant Tanner, who explains that they arrested Brian because you never know who's watching. You never know who's watching. Yeah, Yeah. because we were like, why did it have to be so elaborate? But I was like, what happens? Like, what if Vince was like following him? Checking you know, in. You yeah. never know. Tailing him to, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like, it gives you the clever ruse that he's being arrested. I'm mm-hmm. unconvinced. I think they were just being dicks. Well, it does See, seem like one of them kind yeah, of. I, I think that, uh, you know, Brian's character is kind of in between two worlds. He's conflicted. Like, he mm-hmm. wants to be, you know, part of that illegal street racing kind of culture. And he wants to be recognized as a cop, and no, neither of them kind of recognize. That's interesting. Yeah, he's kind of he fits in neither world fully. Yeah, and I think the cops were just fucking with him. Makes I, sense. I really That's true. You are led to believe. I think we were talking about this uh, before we started rolling. Uh, like you don't really get a lot of background on on him, on Brian, mm-hmm. but the possibility exists that he was a criminal who kind of was rehabbed and brought in. 
because he has the ability to kind of, you know, blend pull, in in yeah, a way. Yeah, to blend it in. Or and, just and, a level of car expertise. Exactly. He has yeah. the skill. Yeah, because yeah, I've, I've known people who are hackers who got hired by certain government, you know, uh, place. <laughs> we'll leave it at, you know, whatever. But they were hired because... You know, they could they be disavowed they, easily, yeah. but they knew how to navigate around certain dark web, you know, right. things. And by the way, Ted Levine was up. He was he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Silence of the Lambs in uh, 91. Nice. You yeah. got it. I didn't I didn't look that far. Look Come on, Anthony. Those, dude. Come this on. isn't. Ask I'm Jesus. not. Yeah, I'm not. Google, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. I can look it up. I'll look it up. You know who will know this? Guest Ben Bateman, who's going to be coming on in a couple of weeks. He is an awesome. Oscar like master. You could tell you who won every year for everything for like 30. He knows his years. Oscar shit. He knows his Oscar shit. We'll ask him. Cool. We'll test him out when he comes on the show. That's nice. I'm Perfect. So there's an entire FBI slash LAPD team up investigation housed in this, this residence. And Brian is an LAPD cop. Um, the FBI agent, uh, their special agent Bilkins, informs yeah. Brian that the car, the green Toyota that he destroyed cost them $80,000. Only 80000 That seems low to me. They said earlier in the movie that he dropped like $12,000 just to put all the Just on, yeah, $10,000 under the hood yeah. for crying out loud. Yeah. So I thought that was See, interesting. You know, that's probably just somebody who wasn't paying attention. Like the script supervisor just wasn't paying attention. Yeah. What is um, this, 80000 You know, You know what was interesting too, by the way? There are a couple of lines when they come up to the house where they're shooting this because obviously someone on set or the location person was like, I got this dope ass fucking like multi-million dollar mansion. What can we use it for? And they were like, let's just give this casual mention that this is a place that they've confiscated and they're using it for their, for their base. But like, I love the line where as they're walking up, Ted Levine's character says, you know, Eddie Fisher built this place for uh, Elizabeth Taylor, which must be true. Right. And, and I'm wondering <laughs> if that's true about this. And that was the, like a little nugget. The it's location such a specific manager, thing to yeah, say. had to like the location manager was like, you know, Eddie Fisher <laughs> built this for, and, and Levine was like, can I use that in the, in the part, you know? And they, right. they said, yes, but there's also that really great line <laughs> We're like they're interrogating Brian. They're like they're getting his information. And he's like, why don't uh, why don't we get some uh, frothy iced cappuccinos? And like they 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 ask this guy to yeah. make them, and the guy's like decaf or regular. And he's like decaf. Yeah, yeah. And then the next shot is of them because, <laughs> dude, if okay, those of you who are not L.A. like coffee is the lifeblood of the city. Yeah, everybody is so coffee fucking like specific that. That that scene can only be in L.A. Have type taking place type in scene. Hollywood, yeah. And there's a, there's that great line too that Brian has where he's like, in Hollywood, even the cops <laughs> are Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's totally like that is what it would be like dealing with cops in this town, right? Like, and even they have like that weird star quality weirdness about them. Yeah, and like the stuff you just mentioned, it's not just. I mean, it's several little touches that make it work. You know, it's yeah. not just the one thing. Yeah. So that was great. It's like both, uh, it's both like a tribute and a ribbing totally of LA culture, which is pretty fun. And, uh, Bilkins goes on to say that there have been four hijackings in two months. I guess four would be cause for an investigation to be, I mean, it seems it like on the amount, I guess so it's that gotta be large. There large had to have money. There had to have been at least three hijackings b- before they, it just seems like it's, quick to get an investigation at this level started on only four. Right. Uh, but like you seem like it's a pretty big investigation. The number of cops that are in that house, several, quite a few people. They got a lot of equipment in there. They got enough people to make lattes. Yeah. Yeah. They have a latte guy. 
Um, they mentioned that they're trying to get to the bottom of this before the truckers kind of take it into their own hands. Which I also I didn't. Wanna, yeah, I want to see that movie where like it's a bunch of vigilante truckers going after, <laughs> and that's what it's called, vigilante yeah. truckers. Rolling oh. thunder. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you know what's funny though is the guy in the first fifteen minutes does sort of take it into his own hands. He has a bat, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's he trying. Hitting. He starts That's what I'm saying. It's like they already are defending truck. themselves. Like truckers, man, they have shotguns and shit. Like in totally. real life, two of those two of those guys would be dead, and they'd be <laughs> able to track them down from their bodies. But but we did at least get verification that the driver from the first 15 minutes did survive. Yes, because he gives a report. Apparently, there's there's also a couple of little nuggets too that they've that they've gleaned from this last. Uh, this last robbery is that it was uh was it Hashimoto tires? It was a something Mashimoto. Yeah, Mashimoto. It was like a Japanese brand of tires, and they said we know now definitively that these people are like street racers. Which which I which guess seems be, like a I mean if you're like connection? an internationally like you know known robber, you could get those tires probably and put them on a exactly. scent off. But is it that big of a for stretch? Story purposes. Those those, those t- that's kind of like when you watch a movie and they're like they're like. The alloy used was so specific it, it could, it could be, only you know, have been tracked down to Helsinki, yeah. whatever. And you're like, what? What robber or thief worth their weight in in whatever it is they're stealing mm-hmm. would be like? I'm going to use something that's easily traceable you and very specific to only yeah, one profession. Something where they're like, dude, this could be sold and found anywhere right. around the world. Like, if we go to Poughkeepsie, it's going to be there. But you know. That's how they have to track these people down in totally. movies. That's a screenwriting tip, actually, I guess. And uh, another note is that the hijackers have stolen $6 million worth of stuff, which is, so yeah, you're right, Anthony. It was a lot of, a lot of money. You know, what's weird about that though, is like nowadays, $6 million worth of VCRs would be about 30 times that. Oh yeah. A VCR is like $8 on Amazon. Well, even though they, they were clearly shipping. VCRs in the truck, Bilkins does call them DVD players. And I'm pretty sure they call them DVD Bilkins players. Might just be like a dumb cop. I think that later on, Those like DVD players, <laughs> sir. I think by VHS. then between DVD shooting players. and writing, right. VHS went out of style and they're right. like, we got and it. No one's still like, in VCR. We don't have time to go back and reshoot that. Yeah. Do a cutaway of that shot. So no VHS one will notice. It is. I call bullshit on that because like up until probably about four years after DVDs were the prominent format, people were still calling them VCRs. <laughs> That's true. Right. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like how yeah. people call tissue. Put your like DVD player in Kleenex, the VCR. Even though. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it stays. And Nintendo, you're going to play and Nintendo. There are old people who still, games. yeah, there are old yeah. people who still For call sure. it the VHS. Are you going to, you going to get one of those VHSs of that movie you saw at the theater the other day, Anthony? Why are you spending so much money on those tapes? Um, Something else, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut. It, it reminded me for some reason of this. Is like you have to get that cliche line in where the guy's like, "Are you trying to cause tension between the cops and the FBI? You're on your way to detective. <laughs> I'm the guy who can make you get there. Right? If you play along, it's like okay. This man has successfully infiltrated this gang within days. Right? He, I mean, within he a seduced, day, he seduced Dominic Toretto's sister mm-hmm. he has successfully supplanted dominic's right hand man and sort of like totally. himself into the organization he has nearly won a lethal street race <laughs> okay and 
he has saved Dominic Toretto's life and and gone to a party and like really ingratiated himself. himself. And this fucking FBI agent's like, you need to do better. We ain't got time. (laughs) If you want time, get the magazine. We don't we don't have time for this. I know it's It's like like, right. What it's like he's working really fast. This guy's really good. Just let him do his job. Just chill out. Drink your fucking latte (laughs) or your cappuccino, your decaf cappuccino, and let this man do his job. He's really good at it. Yeah, and he knows that Dom is the key to finding out who's behind it, even if he isn't, because they don't know yet, uh, because Dom knows everyone in the street racing world. So, I mean, they're best shot at getting anything is Brian. It seems counterproductive to Bilkins. You're sitting in a fucking multi-billion dollar house drinking cappuccinos all day. Give the guy who's while Brian's doing all the work. Exactly. Party that has guns and presumably drugs. (laughs) Let him do his fucking job. So Tanner me on the side. Let him do it. He's a hardworking cop. He's a hardworking cop. He deserves it. I'm doing my job, man. He's the hardest working second rate Keanu Reeves out there. That's right. That's right. Uh, He's getting too old for this shit. Brian, you're you're 23. 23. You're 23, according to your driver's license. (laughs) So the serial killer. Tanner walks Brian out and, um, you know, he's asking about Harry the auto shop owner yeah. who we find out is up for three to five years in prison for receiving stolen property if he doesn't cooperate. So that explains why he's willing to put his ass on the line. And you get uh, the feeling, even though you don't really see Harry a lot after this, that he somehow ended up tapped out three times in the back of the head <laughs> in a dumpster somewhere. Like it did not end well for Harry. Probably on an unrelated uh, yeah, scenario, like, but like yeah, he, he's, he's involved in not, some shit. He's just not a character who probably has a good lifespan ahead of him. He's no huggy bear. I'm he's not going to make not. it through the entire series and give no. people info. He's going to end up in a dumpster. This, I think we've seen the last of Harry, like a transvestite prostitute, or I should right. say a transgender prostitute. <laughs> uh, Harry is not going to end up in a situation that is beneficial for character. He's not going to be part of the family. No, no. I think no, that's no. safe to say. No. Sorry to He's ruin it for right. you, Anthony. I had my suspicions. Spoilers, you guys. Harry is 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 out. And we also learn that uh, from Tanner that Dom did those two years for nearly beating a guy to death. Yeah, and not to trust him. So that's the reason why he was in jail and why Brian might not want to get involved. You know what though? What's very interesting. Good setup for later when he fights the Rock in. Uh, in episodes four, five, six, six seven, seven, eight, and, eight. and part nine in space. No, ten will be in space. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they do set up that Dom is more than just a sensitive, tough guy. He's a badass, tough guy. But we still don't know the full story right. as to, to behind the beating, which right. there is a bit more. And uh, Brian needs another car. Yeah, he's like very casually. He's like, tell him I need another car. Yeah. And we don't find out uh, until the next scene uh, where Brian shows up at Dom's garage with a beat up old car. He says that uh, it's the one that he owes Dom because it got shot up by Johnny and uh, Dom and Jesse think the car is worthless. It's like it was on fire. It looks it like. was like it exactly like it's burned out and like the windows <laughs> it are blew all up. Yeah. But as How many cars this guy own that get destroyed, by the way. Well, what an you, adventurous you, life, Brian. Well, but you're working for the cops. They have their impound yard. No, but I'm saying, like, what could possibly be going through 
Dom right. and, and those I guys' see, mind. What are they like, thinking? This is the second fucking car this guy's had that's been on and that's fire. That's true. They never ask, where did yeah, you get this car? Like, what happened to this fucking car, bro? Like, like don't you think they would ask? But they're like, let's see what the engine looks like. Well, they see the engine and all questions go out the window. They don't yeah, give a shit. Like, this fucking engine should have a vagina on it <laughs> because I want to fuck it after we import some shit from, from Japan overnight. Yeah, like, they totally changed to tune. dive into that fucking what kind they're of engine thirsty was that? for that? I'm not a car person. They said, but I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't pick it. Like up. that must be like a really. It has to be a rare engine. I would imagine it was something pretty cool. Because he was like, we, "We have to fucking order shit overnight yeah. for this." Well, and then Dom says that I, he has to get Brian racing right away so that he can start making money. Which I don't know that there had ever been an, an implication before that Brian was going to be racing for Dom. But yeah, it seems that's like that's like, yeah, there is. And Mia has that line where she's like, he owns you now. Yeah, he owns you now. But I thought it meant just like working in the garage. Nah, you, really. You're going out there and racing. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah I guess that I makes sense because he does say that the um, the desert race that Johnny mentioned uh, Johnny is called Tran. Johnny Tran, yeah. which is called Race Wars, it's which I guess it would have to be. Yeah, that's very provocative. They're is racing and it's a war. Is it because there are, are but but the question that you ha- also have to ask is is it because it's such a like multi ethnic gathering? Is it the them being like clever? You know, it's race wars. You know what I mean? Like everyone's invited, or it was organized by a race bandit of Johnny Quest fame. I think because welcome to race wars. They're racing cars. I know. You see, I was just being you know, trying <laughs> and to be it sounds like and I came off sounding. Mm-hmm. I'll well, be over a, here in the corner if everybody needs me. <laughs> Vito, come back. <laughs> Thank you. No, don't. <laughs> so they apparently... I'm, I'm still over here, you guys, in case you need me over here in the corner. <laughs> Bring me a water. Yes. <laughs> so they apparently buy here, those... You can have Vince's beer. Well, good. Wipe it off first. You don't want that herpes. Eater, eater. Okay. <laughs> so they get $15,000 worth of equipment at, at Harry's, I imagine. Um, and then there's, there's a really interesting scene, uh, between Brian and Jesse, where Jesse shows Brian all the stuff they can do to the, to his car on a computer program, which I am, I assume Jesse built on his own because it's Brian's like, you're the really, computers they boosted from the, from but the it's a little truck. floppy disc. I know it's got floppy yeah. discs in it. Yeah. They didn't have oh. Floppy discs in 2001. Did they, they were, I mean, those were gone. Those were on the way out. Yeah, I, yeah. I certainly remember them still being a thing. You guys, this has almost one kilobyte of storage. <laughs> <laughs> and also Jesse's smoking a cigarette, which felt weird just yeah. in 2018, you know, like, yeah. Seeing you someone could, smoke cigarettes. You could totally tell that that was a character thing that the that the actor wanted just wanted to, to do. He was like, "Look, it gives him character." Yeah. Well, yeah, because we've also find out in this scene that uh, Jesse did not go to college because he has ADD. I have ADD. I went to college. I also have ADD. <laughs> I have ADHD. I, so oh shit! Oh yeah. shit! And did you go to wait college? Minute. Wait. Oh, yeah. See, what, what were we just talking about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, but but the weird thing about that is that was one of those moments because again, it's you watch movies like this and it's it's literally a picture of of a part of time in life where culture has changed so much that like like the guy literally has a moment where he's like, I've got that uh what attention you, you know, it's, uh, like, it's like that total movie moment where he's like, I've got that what do you call it? Uh ADD. And like nowadays it's just like 
you come out of the womb and they're like, he's a boy. He must have ADD. <laughs> yeah. Here are his medications, you know, and the kid's like a zombie for the rest of his life. And also but back then, ADD was apparently this exotic fucking weird. <laughs> exactly. Weird diagnosis. He can't even yeah. remember what he's it's a, called. He's like, it's called that. What do you call it? ADD or something? I don't know. In 15 years prior, it was just demon possession. <laughs> That's right. That's really we're going to drill right. a hole in your head. You guys, we're going to need an exorcist for Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get uh, the, no the decaf, grill scene. Or no regular coffee <laughs> for him, only decaf. Bobby, 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 make sure your cappuccino's a decaf, okay? We don't need you demonically possessed again like last time. <laughs> no more Pretty sugar. Sure expensive. Plus, as we know now, we don't want our kids around priests. We won't go into that anymore. Also true. Yes. So. Uh, so then we get uh, Dom grilling outside. They're grilling up some chicken, and Vince shows it was up. Delicious, by the it way. It did look really good. He was he was putting on some like barbecue some sauce. Barbecue yeah. sauce, which you could presume is Dom delicious. Made himself. Yeah, that shit. This is, but this is, as you pointed out, a very significant scene for mm-hmm. a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Again, this is setting something up that we get. Throughout the rest of the series. Right. So after after Vince shows up, sees Brian, and and takes right the heck yeah, back he's, off. He's like, fuck this shit. I don't need to eat your free delicious yeah. barbecue chicken. And, <laughs> yeah. he, and what was it? You called it, Anthony? It was like the most dramatic, like, backing out of, like... Yeah, it was like the, driveway the ever. peeling out of all peeling out. And, like, literally smoke comes out of all four times. Like, it was pretty cool. He is pressing. He probably had to go to, what's his, Harry's? Harry's. And to get new tires. He's like, where's Harry? And they're like, dude, didn't you hear? They found him in a dumpster with a transgender prostitute. <laughs> he was shot in the head three times. And he was like, now I have to go back without my new tires. <laughs> totally terrible. Maybe Vince took that gun from the table and shot Oh Harry. my God! We may have just solved a cold case. <laughs> Seventeen years in the making. That's right. It's like welcome to the first forty-eight. Harry owned a car company. <laughs> he was found dead in a, in a garbage can with a transgender—can't <laughs> can't even say—transgender uh, prostitute named Laura. Oh man, poor Laura. Uh, so uh, Vince takes off, and the rest of the group all have a nice outdoor family dinner. Uh, they start and it is family. That's it is family. That's the thing we do have to point out is like, this is the beginning where we see aside from Dom being related to Mia, like the rest of them are all this ragtag ragtag group of people who've kind of come together under the common love of cars and of like mechanics and things like that. And they are an extended family, but it does. I mean, remember there's the scene, the part from earlier where Vince says, you know, we've all known each other essentially from since the third grade. Yeah. I mean, who knows when Leon and Jesse came in, but we can, we do know that, uh, Dom has known Vince and Letty for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- then, so when they start this whole thing about the whoever reaches for food first has to say grace. I was just like, wouldn't Jesse be aware of the? It's like he. I do like he got this ADD. idea. That's also he's true. Got that, what he's, do you call it? But uh, it's not Alzheimer's. I mean, <laughs> but it's he, he forgot. You know, he forgot. He, he's you know sometimes my brain gets cloudy, Dom, and I forget, <laughs> and I just I reach for the food. All right, Jesse. All right. Totally. It's like a you just got to say great idea of what of what ADD is. I know. I I I don't remember so good. You know. <laughs> Jeez, boss. Uh, I woke up and then uh, I don't know. Is he? Is he? feeding a tiny rat in the, in the pocket of his shirt. It's like these totally like cliched Hollywood ideas. Right, of ADD. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Jesse says, uh, an interesting little prayer where he thinks 
the good Lord for a bunch of car, like equipment. car parts. Yeah. That's one of the cheesiest parts of the show. It's a little but silly. But it's also like interesting. Yeah. But and it also fits with those characters, you know, it's like, yeah. of course they're, you know, thankful for all this stuff. Yeah. They're thankful. But, but, the, but the, the, the interesting thing about that too, is that you do notice like, Brian is now becoming a part of that family. Yeah. You know what I mean? He he's breaking like officially. They, they are literally breaking bread with him. Mm-hmm. And when Vince Vince comes like, I don't want to say crawling back, but he comes back and, and again, you start to kind of really feel a little sympathy. I don't know if, if, if those of you out there listening, you know, like feel the same way, but like you, you kind of start to see where this Vince character is coming from. You understand a bit of his motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, we've all known people like that who are kind of lost in life and they find that extended family. And when they see that they're kind of being pushed out of that, they're going to react a little crazy. And he he has this crush on Mia Mm -hmm. and he's best friends with, with, with Dom. And now this, this new dude's coming in and he sees that he's going to be getting kind of pushed out and he senses this guy might be a cop, you know, like when he comes walking back, he's got like this puppy dog look on his face and he's like, hell, I mean, I, I got to eat. eat, you know, yeah. and it's not, but it's not like a pathetic moment, which right. is really cool. He comes back and he's just like, it's, it's the idea that, you know, that Chris Farley, uh, I, I live in a van down by the river. I've got nowhere else to go. <laughs> and what's funny about that character is what's real about that character. It's so sad that mm-hmm. he has nowhere else to go. This guy, does, where where is he going to go? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's like showing back up and he's just like, yeah, hell, I, got, I, I mean, I got to eat, right? And then like he kisses Dom on the head. You know what I mean? Well, like, but you know, this, I think he there's a genuine like love for one another there. Right. You know what I mean? And even more so than Jesse and Leon, he is being more replaced by Brian. I yes. think like there is yeah. there is because of Vince's status in the the crew, it does feel like Brian is somehow more of a threat to him. He's a hundred percent a threat. Yeah, he's been a threat from the moment. Not to keep bringing it up, but that he ordered that tuna for me, like. Everything that Vince has wanted his entire life is Brian's getting basically being taken by Brian effortlessly. Right. It's I call it the karate kid moment. You know, it's the Johnny Lawrence character who's just like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's doing what I should be doing. You know what I right. mean? That makes him a compelling antagonist as opposed to just like a one note character. As someone who has not seen, you know, any of the movies except for this one and Fate of the Furious, um, I feel like they're setting him up to be a villain. It's an interesting theory. It's an interesting theory, Anthony. I think at some point, like, you know, he's going to get into a car accident and come back and just have cybernetics and, you know. <laughs> now, this is a movie I want to see. I'm a cybernetic organism <laughs> and I'm here to terminate My you. CPU is a learning computer. <laughs> have any of you seen Vin Diesel around? <laughs> and, okay, so there's something here at the end of this scene that carries through the next scene that I really want to talk about because there's a, almost a throwaway line that Leon says at the end of the barbecue scene where he asks uh, Vince, he says, where did you go? Did you rent a movie or something? Which I thought was like, Oh, that's cause I mean, why would he have gone to rent a movie? It's just kind right. of a weird thing to say, but I just get kind of lonely and I go to the video store and I <laughs> just got to look around. around. And I, lo- I look at the movies and it comforts me. But in the next scene, when uh, Mia is doing the dishes, mm-hmm. Brian is helping her. She says, you don't have to help me go watch the movie with the boys with the boys. So did Vince actually go rent a movie? Yeah, I oh, think okay. so. I think, I, I mean, 
that's the implication. Yeah, you know? I mean, I don't think it's as weird as like. It just I, seems I mean, like I'm pissed. I'm going to Blockbuster. You're pointing. You're pointing it out, and now that you're pointing it out, it's it kind of seems absurd. But I mean, I've had times where like I'm pissed off or something, you know, somebody, and I I take off and I'll go to like a used bookstore and I'll look around and I'll find like I found a copy of Red Belt, which was like an amazing like David Mamet David Mamet, yeah, yeah. And I, I I had gotten rid of all my movies a couple of years ago, and I was just like, man, you know what? I think I'm gonna watch that tonight. You know, like I was kind of feeling down, and I grabbed it. I could totally see him wandering around. He, where again? Where else is this character going to go? Especially in two thousand one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he probably tooled around the neighborhood a little bit, and then he was at the thing. felt sorry like, for himself. I'm going to go back. I'll, I'll apologize to you know Dom and stuff like that. I the grab, movie was can, a peace offering. Yeah, we'll we'll watch a movie. You know what I mean? We'll hey guys, out. I got the uh, the Bruce Lee story. Yeah, or or it's just possible that their family meal things that they always do. They have you know, I mean, they do these in multiple movies. Spoiler, Anthony. You know, like the dinner scenes are kind of like a common theme throughout these movies. Maybe that's their tradition is on Sundays. But you know, but Leon get, asks him as though he wasn't sure. Or, Did you go rent a movie? Or could it be? Blatant advertising for Rob Cohen's Dragon the Bruce Lee story. It could be. Which is the movie they're watching on the screen. Right. That I think that's probably but it. it's we, really this is the scene that uh you liked. Yeah, I think it's well, and I think also, Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the scene where you were like, Oh, there's a little more to this movie than what I thought it was gonna be. It's it's the scene where we were talking about how Mia's in the kitchen. She's doing the dishes, and she says, "You don't have to like do this. You can watch the movie." Brian has this amazing line where he says, "You know where I come from. The cook doesn't, cl- or the cook doesn't clean where I come from, mm-hmm. implying that the rest of the guys should be in there helping, helping her out, exactly. Clean up. She did she, all the work. She up did front. all the work up front." And then Vince comes into the room and says some derogatory things. Because he sees Brian washing and dishes and Brian, making fun of him. Yeah, and he starts making fun of Brian, but he's also. This is where the complexity of that relationship comes up with Vince and Mia and Mia and Brian and Brian and Vince. And like it all comes to that weird head because he's making fun of Mia, but he's making fun of Brian because that's the subtlety of that scene. Like most people look at that, they go, he's making fun of Brian because he's specifically what he's saying is aimed at Brian, Mm -hmm. but he's saying it to Mia yeah, like hey when you're done yeah, he me. says he says to her you know when you're done with the dishes why don't you clean my car ha 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 mm-hmm. he's saying that to her but he means it for Brian and Brian knows that that's what he's doing you mm-hmm. know what i mean so mm-hmm. that's like a really well put together scene and appara- um another thing that uh Rob Cohen mentioned in the commentary is he calls out that that scene specifically was written by David Ayer Wow. Which I okay, found interesting. Yeah. He's a good, he's a good writer, yeah. man. We were playing around joking about him in that first episode, but he's a pretty fucking good writer. I mean, for sure that scene, the scene in training day where, uh, where Denzel leaves, uh, Ethan Hawk behind with those gangbangers. And seen they're training there. To, day. Oh dude. Okay. I know I need to. Okay. So I'm not going to spoil it. There, there's a scene in the movie. It starts off so innocent and the writing is so subtle. It gets so terrifying, dude. Oh man. It's, it's incredible. And it is a good testament to like the writing skills that this guy has. Uh, He's like John sales. John sales wrote all these B movies, but they're like the best B they're like a list B movies. That's kind of what this, this, this movie is. But yeah, so yeah. So he starts mocking him. Mm -hmm. And so this, the tensions building, right? Yes. And, uh, he's being an asshole 
to Brian and Mia who, well, we should also say that Brian has already asked, he had just asked Mia out on a date. Yeah, He comes into the room and he goes, you know, we should go out sometime. Yeah. To which Mia says, I don't date Dom's, my brother's friends. Yeah. And, uh, so then when Vince comes in and is being an asshole, she takes that opportunity to not only accept his date in front of Vince, but to take, but to ask Brian to take her to the very restaurant Vince wants to take her wait, to. Wait, you, you glossed over one of my favorite little exchanges where, you know, she says, I don't date my brother's friends. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'm going to have to kick his ass then. <laughs> right, which yeah, is yeah. hilarious uh, on its yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Walker fighting Vin Diesel in real life. A yeah. little of that Paul Walker charm. <laughs> no, you know, but that does show that's that's that bravado that a guy gets when he really likes a girl and he's like, and he thinks s- he has a chance and he's like, I'm going to swing for the fucking stars, man. I'm going to mm. say it because he knows she's not going to take it seriously. Totally. But he also knows that she's going to be like, this dude's got some fucking balls. Mm-hmm. It is. It is a really well written scene. It in is. That movie. And then but here's the other kicker, which is why. And again, for those of you out there who are interested in screenwriting, this is a, this this scene is like one of the best scenes in the movie because she says, "I don't date my brother's friends." And then the minute Vince comes in and starts taunting Brian, she goes up to Brian, I mean, uh, to Vince, and she says, "What was the name of that restaurant you wanted to take me to?" And this poor guy, <laughs> shenanigans. Dave and Buster's, we're finally gonna go, and I'm gonna uh, get you tickets, and I'm gonna get you that Pac-Man stuffed animal you've always wanted. You still love oh, skee-ball? Oh. Yeah, you still. <laughs> total like fucking cliche in a movie. Yeah, yeah. They 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 get the fucking ball in the middle, and you see them counting it out, and all they get's a kazoo. The um, but but like, but dude, again, on 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 Matt Schulz's incredible like acting in this scene, he's he's a little drunk. And he thinks that she's legit, like, interested in him. And, and we see this see, glimmer of happiness. Yeah, you this see, you yeah. see this, this, like, true happiness coming out of this character where she's like, what was the name? And he's like, the, the, the Cuban cha, restaurant. Cha-cha-cha. Yeah, blah, blah. And he's like, it's cha-cha-chas. And he's so happy. And she's like, yep, that's it. And then she's so fucking mean. She turns her back to this guy and karate kids him. It's the Johnny Lawrence <laughs> moment. And she turns to Brian, a.k.a. Ralph Macchio, low ramp Ralph Macchio, and, uh, and she says, you can take me there. And then you see this crestfallen, like, look fall over Vince's face. It, it really is really good writing and directing mm-hmm. and acting. Like, and he can't incredible. do what can he do? He can't do anything. He can't argue. He can't hit her. Yeah. You know? and, and guys and gals out there who are listening, if you are fans of this movie, that is what separates this movie from like something you'd see that Corman did or like sure. a sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? Like you, well, watch you know, sci-fi the Corman connection movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, like the there's actual character and weight and development and beats in right. that scene but, versus it just being, I don't date my brother's friends. Oh, well maybe you could take me to cha-chas. <laughs> like it would, it would be a completely different scene if there wasn't mastery on all those levels. There's substance to it. A lot of substance. And uh, you know the Roger Corman connection, right? I believe, well, he did a Fast and Furious movie, movie called The Fast and And they and bought Furious the rights for the, the title. Yeah. And they bought the title. Yeah. yeah. Just, just throwing it yeah, out there. You thought you'd throw that fucking <laughs> you, you were like, I'm going to throw a ball and Vito's not going to be able to catch it. But guess what? I've got a Caught. wide raging mitt. <laughs> and they've got that, uh, what do you call it? ADD? That disorder no, thing. That dis- Sorry. My and brain is fuzzy. My brain is all fuzzy and... I built it myself. And you know how great that, that scene just was, that, that sort of culmination of all this character uh, development? 
perfect ending for the third part. Yeah. That's crazy. Right? I know. Yeah. You, you get this amazing, tender, crazy scene. And you get a little conflict set up with, with Vincent, which has been there, but at this point now it's really explicit. He's becoming the Kylo Ren of, <laughs> oh, of frustration for the, for the movie at this point. Sure. You know? Sure. It's like you imagine him going to his room and like breaking his guitar. <laughs> And having it still play perfect notes while it's breaking. But yeah, so that again, a perfect 15 minute chunk right where the movie goes. And that is the right. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> that is the you, right you place know to what stop. We're talking about folks. I got the ADD. It's hard for me to think sometimes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but cars calm ending. me down. Yeah. So uh, Anthony, your takeaways from this episode, man. Uh, this has been my favorite part. Like I said that earlier, but hands down, it's it's been my favorite. Anything part. in particular? Just the whole, the party or the Mia and Brian stuff? Um, well, ev- everything aside from the you know the the cop reveal, I think that was kind of weak. And because you knew it was coming. Yeah. Well, and also just stuff bores me. Yeah. Sorry. That's totally fine. Totally fine. I really like the family aspect. I really liked, you know, the interaction between, you know, the characters like Brian and Vince. Love that. I, I love just their dynamic. And, you know, like Vito said, just that pushing him out of the picture. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought that, that was well done. Um, yeah, it, I th- this part got me. Really nice. Sucked me in. I think if you I think if you, you stick with it by what will be our third movie is really going to kick in for you. Cool. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, for me. Yeah. I, I have to say too. Um, I realized we're only 45 minutes into this movie, but this 15 minute section really was, um, again, it elevates itself beyond a B movie and it starts mm-hmm. becoming something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of where the series starts to take shape along with that last 15 minute chunk with the car race. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the car race and then the family dynamics, kind of gets set up and everything that happens in those two scenes is kind of what is built upon later Mm -hmm. for the rest of these movies, you know, for sure. Cool. I agree. And, uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and spending another hour or more talking about only 15 minutes of one of these movies. And, uh, you can check us out. Um, didn't you say that we, uh, we have an email now. Am I crazy? Uh, Yes. Yes. Um, it would be, so fast podcast at gmail.com. Nice. So if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, insults, complaints, you can send them right there. Death threats. I mean, sure. Wait, anything. No, 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 Please no death threats. No death threats. So I do. Yeah. Let me, let me point something out mm-hmm. actually that, um, I've noticed a lot in fan communities and stuff is if you guys do, if we do say stuff that like offends you or pisses you off and stuff, please keep in mind, this is just our opinions. Totally. Please don't send us death threats. Please don't, you know, think that we're out there trying to malign, you know, anybody. I I messed up. I said uh, transvestite earlier and I meant transgender. I mean nothing against the LGBT community. We're all like allies and things like that. So like we're just here to have fun and have a fun podcast and we're Mm -hmm. riffing. So don't take it so seriously. You know what I mean? Like, 
if we've offended anybody, we don't mean to, please don't send us the hate mail. It's, it's a drag doing something where you're having fun and, and you're creating and people are like, if I ever see you on the streets of Burbank, I'm going to shoot you in the face. You're going to get kinda, what Harry got. Yeah, it kind yeah, exactly. I don't want to end up where Harry ended That's up. That's right. Okay. You're be the guy in Glendale. That's yeah, right. Exactly. But so yeah, we we're having fun doing this and stuff, but we want you to have fun doing it. So please, you know, also go on to iTunes, give us a five-star review. If you like the show, mm-hmm. it helps us get more viewers and listener or well, I guess, I couldn't say viewers. It uh, helps us get more listeners and things like that. And we really Same appreciate your positive users. feed boy. Yeah. I said feed boy. Feed boy. Because I'm Russian. Your feedback is, is appreciate. <laughs> but yeah, please yeah. Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, we're going to continue to make the best show that we possibly can. 15 minutes at a time. That's right. A quarter, a quarter. What is it? A quarter hour quarter, at a time. A quarter hour at a time. We're living a quarter hour at a time. That's right. And uh, where can people find you, Anthony? Uh, I'm on Twitter at this game cheats. I am at Twitter at Vito Lapicola. Although I have to be honest with you, I don't tweet, but uh, I'm on there. It's nice to know oh, you're you, there. You see my face. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to spell out your name. V I T O L A P I C C O L A. O L A. O L A. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Zach for real. That's R E E L. And you can tweet the podcast at So Fast Podcast. So uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you all next week. 